Kitchen. Hey folks, what are the Redneck Kitchen Podcast? You're on with Real Redneck Tom Miller, and of course we've got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill. Tom Bill, are you there? I am here, and uh, it's a beautiful night for a podcast. It is a beautiful night for a podcast. It's actually really, really nice out. Like, it's perfect. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. I will agree with you 100%. Well, that would be the first time for everything. Mark that one on the calendar, everybody. <laughs> that thought is in agreement. I am I am in agreement. I am in agreement for once with the almost guy. I hope it doesn't make me a worse hunter. It could be. I mean, you didn't get a turkey this year, so I'm certain that that had something to do with it. I hadn't told our guests that yet. That kind of hurts oh, really? a little bit. Sorry. Well, spoiler alert. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to beat you to it and introduce the patriarch of Redneck Country, my father, real redneck, Domelar. Dad, is your mic hot? It's hot. Great night for a walk over. I enjoyed it. See how nice I was to him tonight? Yeah, it has I to mean, be. there must be company he, here. Yeah, it has to be. There is. We'll gang up on him. And A, I'm within arm's reach of being hit. And B, yes, we have company. And I would like to introduce it to you too, Bill, as well as everybody else listening. But uh, because you haven't even met him, uh, a, a good buddy that we call Dove Nuggets, which is actually, his name is Bob, but we call him Dove Nuggets. Dove Nuggets. Bob? Yeah, well, I'm not sure exactly how that origin came about. I sort of I hope it's like a chicken nugget. But, uh, you can interpret it which way you like. I don't take offense for you. And I'm going to tell the story of how he became Dove, Dove Nuggets. So no spoiler alert, but but yeah, I'm going to tell it. But yeah, we got we got Bob Zacharias with us tonight, so I'm pretty pumped. And he's oh, right my. here. This isn't over the phone. He is right here in, in what we call our studio. I can't believe he drove to be on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Once he gets all the abuse, Bill, it'll, he won't come back, I'll guarantee it. So, so let me just share you why I have... Uh, three daughters and a son and all three daughters are home from university right now and my wife is home so uh, there's not a whole lot I can do right at you home right now so yeah, I, I drive just about anywhere to sit and watch life go by I think you, you shouldn't have told us that he'll be merciless now he'll, he'll is, abuse you something terrible this no, is you marriage can't counseling yeah. now we're giving people out folks <clears throat> a public service announcement to any male that is out there that is inundated with your family off from school you're more than welcome to come on over and hang with us for the for the podcast <laughs> well, not that good. Well, glad to have you on the podcast. Nice to meet you. And I'm sure we're going to have a good chat this evening. It can only go up from here. It that's for sure. Go. <laughs> well, then let's start with you, Bill. What did you get up to this week? I'll tell you what I got up to today. Just today. Just today? It was a terrible day. You, you asked before I got on the podcast, I said I'm tired. Yeah. You know why I got tired? Because Volkswagen, Don Beatles, my bug is fine. I got a Volkswagen Jetta, and when it makes a metal tinking sound as things dro- are dropping off it and rolling down the road, you something's got, not right. You, you got over 20 kilometers, didn't you? Yeah. I got over you buried the needle. The, the Volkswagen Jetta, something like go in the front end on the way home from work about 200 uh, feet from the, my work where uh, I, I was just white knuckling it all the way home just to make sure and I guarantee it's Tyra that decided it did not want to stay put anymore so made it made it as far as I needed to go dropped it off and I said you can take care of it and I walked away from it so that's it this is it this is what we do we uh, we, we break stuff we fix it and uh, if we can't fix it well we walk yeah, yeah Tyra that's so, not something you're duct taping huh I, I know my, my dad, I talked to my dad. He said, did you go back and pick the piece up? I'm like, no, I just let it sit in the middle of Leslie road there. So somebody else can find that. See, down the and road. If you took the 400, you probably could. Cause I was there last week, buddy. And it's like, just stand still stop. You could probably get out and have a coffee, pick it up, hop back in your vehicle. You're good. Do you That's fix it, it right uh, there in traffic? But still ain't going to move. I took the 400 home, you know, I was going 110. Well, with the flow of traffic in the slow lane, white knuckling and hoping, you know what? Just, just get me home. Just one more exit. Every, I figured every kilometer I drove was one less that I would have to tow it in case something really, really went south. So that was my logic for just keeping going north. So that's all you're going to share with us today is just today, not what you did all week. Well, I, it wasn't that exciting. We uh, we went to 
Uh, well, you know what? I can share this with you too. Candace uh, went to the Waterford. Uh, oh, she did. Uh, leather show. Yeah, yeah show. because this Saturday was the huge um, range day for all gun yeah. clubs across Canada, yeah. right? So she worked her buns off and got a bunch of stuff done uh, throughout the course of the week. She made a shell pouch and she made some uh, uh, card wallets, uh, hand tool card wallets. And did a really good job putting putting a little display together. And this was her first go uh, go at. Um, you know the um, what do you want to call it? A, a display, a booth. Put a booth uh, out. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say like a trade vendor, show, a vendor tra- booth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was her first first go around at it, and she learned a lot. But um, she made a sale, made a bunch of contacts. Um, you know, learned a little bit about. Uh, virtual uh, uh, business cards. Uh, you were you were talking to her on Saturday, I think, to to help her with that, and because I would have no idea how to do the Q code thing that QR people code. scan. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. So, anyways, I appreciate the help on that one, and she was pretty excited about being able to make a sale and make some contacts, and and uh, I think she's gonna try maybe to go to the provincials for one day of it just See, to set up. And I tell you what. If I've seen pictures of the work and like Frank Boniuto Jr.'s bag, that as soon as that gets out there around the ranges, she's going to have customers out the wazoo. Yeah. Well, like I, that bag is so. beautiful. Yeah, I don't know if you showed your dad or not that, but it uh, it turned out really well. She was super nervous about doing uh Somebody you know, and and yeah, such a such all, a big all things. Yeah, yeah, it was big, bigger than uh, than than she did for myself and and, and her her bag there with uh, the amount of shells that you could put into it. So she had to, you know, think outside the box. But she she uh, did well, and uh, it was well received. So um, hopefully that Frank can show a few people and and her oh, uh, guaranteed stuff can get a yeah. more traction. because oh, so. that bag is beautiful. So what is the name of her company now? Well, that's a great question. She changed it. it was Candace on Leather Designs, uh, which was the uh, – now you put me on the spot because she just changed it on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thanks Bill. Bill, it is yeah. something Clover. Okay. I'm going to bait clover, you here. Copper Clover line. <laughs> copper Clover. Copper Clover uh, Leather Designs or something, isn't it? Oh, gosh. Oh, you're killing me. I know. No, uh, copper underscore clover underscore line is her Instagram uh, following there. Look her up, hand to a leather and accessories. She's just starting to get this page up and going, so doesn't have a whole lot of followers uh, or uh, and the content is just starting. But, um, yeah, uh, look her up. Copper Clover Line is the name of the company. Candace Tom, T-H-O-M, uh, like it should be spelt. And uh, you can, uh, you so can check her out. So anybody for wondering, it's Candace Thom if you like pronounce English the normal way of languages. Yeah, but, but yeah, like Thornton, exactly. So <laughs> there you go. Anyways, yeah. So that was uh, that was so pretty yeah. much all we're gonna do. I don't well, want to. I'm gonna give her another plug because time, people yeah. are wondering maybe what exactly we're talking about. But hand tooled leather is what she does, and I mean shell bags. So trap shooting, sporting clays. You get the hand tooled leather bags from like I'm gonna I'm gonna mention. They tell you in sales never mention the competition, but yeah. I'm gonna tell you that she crushes this the the look. So because they're hand tooled, custom by her, and trap shooters want to have that custom piece for them. She'll put your initials into it she'll she'll hand carve whatever for you bill you've got one with toronto maple leafs on it and a tragically no, hip no, logo no, no you got toronto blue jays i forgot you'd like baseball you're not that forgot you're a tea drinking feminine kind of guy fella i get i'm yeah. sorry i apologize i, my, my I don't remember what toronto soccer team is or you call football um no. but but yeah whatever and nobody, she'll put whatever <laughs> she'll put whatever logo and stuff on it and i mean these these are amazing because they're hand tooled so yeah, and that, that's the most impressive part that people don't understand it's not a it, it's, it's not, not a stamped, stamped. It, it's yeah. it's a drawing that she makes or or she takes off you know uh, uh, off the internet and she'll transpose that onto a piece of leather and, and then from therefore, there she makes sure it's the it. top of the line leather that's going to last for years yeah. i mean these things are, are they're built and so there's no cutting corners because it just like any other custom it, you're you're you may pay more because it is custom it's for you top of the line leather everything like they're awesome she makes card wallets all kinds of jazz right like so that's yeah right. anyway nope, check her out 
I think it would be an injustice for us not to plug her on here like crazy. But once everybody go. sees Frank's bag here in Ontario, I mean, she, I feel she's going to have customers like crazy. Awesome. She's going to be busy. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll just jump so, yeah. right into Appreciate that. And uh, yeah, that's what all I'm going to take up for time because mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear about our guests. But I'd no, like yeah, to hear amen. And I'm going to probably let you two talk more than me, which <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Because <laughs> his I know his topics are going to speak to your wheelhouse. But OK, Dad, what did you I'm actually facing dad tonight. You know how bizarre this is because we have Bob here. So I've got a table set up. We've got the three mics and the headphones and the whole nine years. So normally I don't have to look at that. I am actually facing him. So Bill to your text earlier, I won't let him sleep tonight. A and B the deer hide out on the table just for the, the, uh, the redneck podcast ambiance. The, the ambiance. When, when he gets going in his monologues and doesn't let you speak, what else is there to do? He just goes and goes and goes. You can't interrupt. You, you can't because you're riveted, right? Like it, it's, and my voice is so soothing. Apparently you can fall asleep is another pro to the podcast. Just put us on at night. Have a nap. All right, dad, what'd you do this week? Well, I got caught up in the movies I wanted to watch and I'm continuing to do a lot of walks and I got caught up in all the yard work. And so I went back to building models this week. Oh, good Lord. I did. I, you know, I have, I was an avid model builder ever since I was a kid and I've got a collection of models that I haven't even opened yet. And I started this 55 Chev. I wanted to build it like a gasser about... Oh, two, three years ago, I started it on my model table. And every time I go downstairs, I look at it and I think, I got to I gotta get back to this. I got to do more. But he's too busy taking naps, Bill. No. Get it. I get it. I haven't napped this week. Now, I'm tired <laughs> now. It was a long day. But anyway, I finally said this week, I'm going downstairs to the model room. My wife says, you are? I said, yep. I got a hankering to finish that model. And I got a couple more lined up behind it. And I, I got caught up in the yard and it was a rainy, wet week. So I went down and I'm in the final stages. And the last three days, I just went right at it. And it's going to be a nice, as far as I'm concerned, a nice looking gasser style 55. I'm almost to the stage where I can start putting the, the decals and the fine tuning in it. But but I really like to detail them. Like when I build the motors, I put in the spark plug wires and the distributor and I I put in the wires to the battery and I put in all the lines and, and hoses and, and really painted up the detail and, and get right into it. So so the interiors right. all detail like seat belts and the whole bit. So it, it's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, I will. I'll send you a picture. I don't know if I'll get a chance to work on it too much tomorrow. It's another busy day, and Thursday's a real bad day for me. But, but it'll be finished. Tough, eh? It'll be finished this week. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, send me a picture. Feel there. free yeah. to jump in and chirp, Dove Nuggets. There, you're, you're. It's all, all power to you. It's open game on this podcast. Yeah, that's it. So I, I zoned out there. I have no idea what he just said. Anything to keep the car, you know, the car guy in me alive. In fact, I, I got two new magazines this week. So a couple times this week, I sat in the front porch and read them, but I don't like to read them all at once. I like to make them last. So I finished uh, last night in the evening. I finished the second one, Old School Rods, and I finished the Canadian Hot Rod magazine. And so I got out some of the old hot rod pictures and looked through them. And yeah, it's it's car season. And my heart goes out to you with your Volkswagen. But I'm getting In fact, I got the uh, I got I took the car over and uh, filled it up with gas again. And boy, did that hurt. That's got to be uh, an expensive bill every time you get to the oh, gas yeah. station with that yeah. thing. First world problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no truer statement can be had, but there you go. Right on. And you there, Junior, what how did you uh, do? You can ask me. I get to speak. Well, the only reason why I ask is because I'm interested to find out how many goals you let in tonight. <laughs> my brother-in-law just chirped that as he left. Make sure you let him know how many. Dude, my chirping game was on point. I'm a little jacked up. I well, said when I'm I came I'm not worried home, about your chirping game. I'm worried about your puck stopping game. You know what? I'm getting better. I was picked up on uh, Sunday night for a, a, a match in a match. I'm going to speak your language, buddy. A match in, in London at the Western Fair on the Big Ice and, and did okay. Took a couple 
fall off the bucket from some some ringers, but we survived. That's we probably right. the best place to hit you because it would do the least amount of damage. <laughs> well played, but the concussions, I wonder. I wonder. kind of <laughs> evaded the question, didn't you, Bill? And I heard, yeah, well, he's going I, all I heard Connor say at the end about one, and, and he says, well, I kicked that in. You guys deserve to win. <laughs> so, hold on. Okay, let me let me set it. So I did I did oh, yeah, two here, things here worth the excuses. Oh, yeah. two things worth yeah. mentioning that I did this week, and we'll get the first non-rednecky thing out. So, uh, yes, I played goalie tonight, and but I had so uh, the goalie that we have, the other goalie that that plays with us every Tuesday. We play Fridays through the winter religiously. He's been going for twenty years, and then we play Tuesday nights now in the summer because Fridays come along, and you know you're getting ready to go camping or something. You lose a lot of guys, so we we switch to Tuesdays for the summer. The other goalie we have, and goalies are tough to get, which is why I got the the gear. I love going and playing. So. He has played with us for 20 plus years. He uses his father's gear from like the 70s. And so in my constant thriving to ensure that I can be the best I can be, you know, Bill, that I've acquired some serious amount of goalie equipment. Yeah, fake it till you make it. I got it. So until I finally get the right gear. So I now have the right gear. So I now have quite a bit of goalie equipment that I need to sell. And so these pads that I have, these, these, this one set, I thought, you know, he's been a goalie for us forever. He's using these, these pads. So I messaged him up and I said, buddy, I didn't tell anybody at our hockey and none of them listen to this podcast. Cause they hear enough of my voice in that one hour that we are on the ice. Cause I tell you my chirping game's on point. So I, I said, buddy, if you come by this weekend, this, this past weekend, grab these pads and give them a go there. Cause he's using an older style. And for anybody that follows hockey, there's, there's the old school style of just stand up and pray the puck hits you. And then there's the new butterfly and, and active and there's a hybrid version and there's, they get technical now, right? Before it was stand there and just flop like a fish, do whatever you got to do, stop the puck. Now it's technical. Well, are you a butterfly style? Are you a hybrid style? So these pads are kind of a hybrid. I thought, Hey, they would do good for him. So I said, come pick them up. They're yours. And honestly, he, the, I think the confidence from the pads elevated him. And so why I said that to Connor leaving is last week we won. And I said, Tommy needs a win. So Connor was doing a wraparound. I had the pug, the, the pug, I had the post hugged on the right side. He's seen it. I was all there. So he goes to wrap around. I slid across. He floated one and I seen it sitting there. So I kicked it in the net that put him one puck ahead, gave Tommy the win. So in your says, competitive so nature that you would ever do that just for I'm being a nice guy and you slipped left, on the he, puck yeah. and it went into the net because you fell on it or something there's, there's all, that's the only way that I oh, can oh it went it. straight off my blade I promise you that <laughs> yeah, and Connor has left so he can't tell the real story yeah. so yes so we lost I think it was 5-4 I think was the the final score, and and I'll tell you what though, props to all, shots. props to all, yeah, right, props to all my buddies because we got some freaking ringers out there, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen year old, and then Connors and his buddies, twenty seven, twenty eight years old, and then there's all the guys our age and older, fifty five ish, and 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 I'm not there, but there's the you know forty three, fifty five that started this twenty years ago, and now this new breed's coming up, and they're all coming out of triple A, and they are freaking. They're 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 machines on the ice. I mean, and so tell you what, our our white team was all full of the most of the older guys, and they held their own. I'll tell you, there is something to be said for their defensive skills of of the years of not having to move too quick and letting these boys dangle themselves out of a puck. So props to props to my buddies for for keeping up with the young crew. That's good. That was one. What was the second? So the second one. Okay. I am full on, and I'm going to make was, a video. That was only one? <laughs> no, no. This is what I put up with every week. So you'll, you'll get used to it here. <laughs> He's come to play. The door's open now, Bob. Yeah, the door's open. I see. And you're going to monopolize the majority of the time, so that's a whole lot of chirping I get to do. I like it. Okay. The door's been open. So the other one is my kayak. I now, and I'm going to make a video, and I'm going to post it. Is this a hockey it. story or a fishing no, story? This, we're, we're, we're on full-on redneck country jazz oh, okay, now. Okay, okay. 
So we all know if you listen to the podcast in the past, bought a fishing kayak last year, added some bass tournaments and it didn't quite know, you know, I got the motor, got a fish finder, but it, it wasn't up to the standards of today. And so Christmas got another fish finder, got a Garmin seven inch, blah, blah, blah. I got a new, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the trolling motor with iPilot with the GPS so I could do spot lock and all that game changer. So now I have been the, this last week in the garage outfitting this beast and it is now truly we call it the battleship bill but it is awesome now i even have the led floodlights on it so when we go duck hunting i can plug these suckers in i got three power uh, power ports on this on this wired all up into an 80 amp hour battery i got a 100 amp hour battery on the back i mean i'm never gonna run out of juice and now i've got these led floodlights on my bar casting bar that sits up with my gun mount on it so i can light these things up i got a light on the back like this thing i'm gonna make a video because I feel that I wish I had this video when I bought my kayak on what do I need? What modifications? And everybody's like, oh, you know, you don't know until you go. And that is to totally true. Until you actually go out fishing in it and hunting in it, you don't really know what you need. But now I've done that homework. And if you got a kayak similar, this is what you need. And this is why it's a game changer. And every little bit, the fish finder, the, the trolling motor with the GPS, like not nice to haves. I think it is a game changer when it comes to this. You don't have to throw an anchor out. I just hit the spot lock button and it stops me on the spot. This it's is all speculative, awesome. I'm assuming. No, no, no. Has any of this been proven? It proven. I went to a fishing tournament two weekends ago up oh, in uh, come on. Up Don't in even use that as as your <laughs> your catalyst to that conversation. I didn't do well in the fishing tournament. I didn't say I did well. I went and I used it all. So we're getting ready for opening day of bass, which now I'm ready to rock. But honestly, I'm going to make a video and show all the little modifications and the wiring and everything I did. Cause on, oh, it is, if I tell you what we had, we had a gentleman stop in here and was talking to me and said, look, I listened to your podcast uh, in this in last, last year, they, they bought a, uh, a Booner blind off us and he stopped and he says, Hey, listen to your podcast. I've gone out and bought a fishing kayak just from listening to your podcast. And I'm telling oh. you anybody that's done that, I'm going to, I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to tell you all that. And I'm going to put it on our YouTube channel uh, because I'm telling you, these mods, I wish I knew last year. Doc, yeah, I, Doc Hunt you know the boot. No flashlights, no headlamps. Like, this is the key. Those are the, the jump starters, right? I mean, you can get your basic. You can learn the hardware. You can watch watch your successes and failures and whatever it is and then decide what you want to do. But no, that, that's good. You should probably do, the, do that uh, early enough that people uh, before the tourna tournament season starts, they can get ready. And You're darn straight. I, it's going to be this week. T tomorrow, I'm going to finish it because I did fry a fuse holder at that tournament because I was Ooh. using the one from my 20 years ago car audio setup with a 60 oh. amp inline fuse and the, the ends were a little corroded and so it melted. The fuse never popped but it did melt on me so I I've now bought the actual Minn Kota breaker. That's the last thing I got to wire in to replace that. It takes me two seconds, two sided tape. Cause I'm done drilling holes in it. We're good to go. So, and then yeah. I'll make the video. I put one of those inline fuses in for my trolling motor too. And it, it, they're, they're awesome. You know, yeah, I would suggest anybody who goes follow the rules. Don't bother just saying that I don't need that. Cause if, if things go sour, you want oh, that to blow before I opened the hatch at right? that tournament when I came up on the beach and I docked in and I've got 30 other kayakers coming out of the water with me and I opened my hatch to take my battery out and smoke is pouring out of that hatch because I had melted that inline fuse holder because it was just <laughs> old and corroded. Yeah. Get the Minn Kota breaker. It's built for it. It's meant for it. It's the way to go. I learned my lesson. It, there's a reason you run eight gauge wire and there's a reason that you put in that, uh, that breaker. Yeah. And yeah, it, people didn't think you were just paddling that fast, right? Right, right. Because I put it away to come in because there were so many kids in the water. <laughs> I thought, man, if I troll the motor in, I might, I might clip somebody. So I did put it away, and I was paddling like a madman. But yeah, well, I, 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 tell I can't you what, wait to see that video. You know what? Because I mean, uh, that could be a, a good opportunity for you to to showcase the, oh, the battleship. I'm in love with it. Like I said, I'm going right? to be doing more fishing tournaments and shooting. I'm in that much love with this with this yeah. kayak and being on the water and fishing bass with it. Like it is absolutely. It just you know, mindset. It's just fun. Yeah. Even if you're not catching, catching fish, it's fun to be out there motoring around and the thing's so solid. I stand up, I lean against the casting bar. I feel like, like sure, I'm on the Titanic. I'm out did. there praying it doesn't sink, but I'm at the front with my arms wide open, firing across the water. It's awesome. Yeah, you and Leo. Me and Leo. Yeah. Yep. He sacrificed. I stay alive. So now 
I'm going to say before I want to do an intro first and then mm. we'll, we'll ask you, Bob, what you did. And then we'll get into some meat and potatoes because I got some questions. And then I know once I ask my lead in questions, Bill's going to take over and, and he's going to inundate you with questions. Cause Bill, I'm telling you, I haven't told you anything. I just texted you earlier and said, Hey, by the way, I, I think we're going to have a guest on you. Okay with this? <laughs> Good. Cause he's already coming. <laughs> so, <laughs> so which everybody knows Bill likes to plan and I don't. And that's, we just fly by the seat of our pants if, if I have my way. So, Intro. We met. How long ago was it, Bob? Eight uh, years ago? Seven years ago? I'm not good with timelines, so I, I wouldn't even speculate. It was a long time ago. So we got permission into Goosefield, and the and the folks said somebody else has permission to, and we hooked up and said, "Hey, do you want to hunt together? We've got all the gear. Uh, yeah, let's do it." And so we met in the Goosefield. We we put the decoys out, had our layout blinds shot, had met Bob, had a great conversation because that's goose hunting. And I mean, this is honestly, Bill, you can back me up on this. For me. That's the epitome of what redneck country is, which you don't need a brand to do it, but we started this brand a while ago and to introduce folks and everything else. And, but that's really what it's all about is meeting other like-minded people, sharing your passion and growing the community. And so for me, that was like solidified for, for me, what hunting was about. We met somebody new. He's a good dude. And since then we've ran into each other at archery tournaments Yes, sir. and like it just, we, we don't always hunt together or anything. We got to do some hunting together. I think we just fail at that line and eat it out, but I'm going to bug you this coming this fall for sure. But yeah, so met him, did it well. And how he, I don't, you don't remember how I gave you the name Dove Nuggets at all? Well, I know vaguely I introduced you to Dove Hunting because we shot a few in that field because I've been shooting at a few few weeks prior to that hunt as well. And that's exactly what it was. So I'm with Scotty. I think it was me, Scott, dad, and you in the field goose hunting and doves are flitting around. And Bob's saying, I shot, I shot a lot of doves in this field. And Scott's like, see, because Scott had been after me since dove season opened in Ontario. Since we got one, we got to shoot doves. We got to hunt doves. And I'm like, dude, I'm not wasting shells on that stupid little bird. When I could be smoking, cause you got to use steel. When I could be smoking geese and get a lot more meat, it's not happening. I'm not doing it. And he's like, Todd, we got to do it. And so then we meet up and we had not shot a dove up until now. And so we meet up with Bob and Bob's like, Oh, doves are the best. I love dove hunting. And, and so he's telling us, Oh yeah. Like, and, and so how we got it was, he says, dove nuggets are the best tasting food you can have. You got to have dove nuggets. And I just started laughing just the way he said dove nuggets. And from that moment on, I knew him as dove nuggets. He's in my phone as dove nuggets. <laughs> so he texted me today on a topic that we're going to get into and I don't want to spoil it. And he's like, Hey Todd, it's dove nuggets. Mm-hmm. And I, I took a screenshot and fired it back and said, I know you're in my phone as <laughs> dove nuggets. I think so, I've been in people's phone is much worse. So that's not so bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, so yeah, Bob Zacharias, but Dove Nuggets, that's how we got the name. That's how we met. And so the questions he was asking me, but before we get into that, Bob, what did you do this week? You get up to anything outdoorsy? Uh, not a whole lot. My obsession the last couple of weeks has been my shotgun and sporting clays. So I've been, I'm a, uh, once I get into it, I like to learn and read everything I can. I, I don't sleep at night. So that's where I spend all my time reading and reading and reading and videos and every bit of information I can absorb. Sound so, familiar, Bill? Sound familiar? Yeah, absolutely does. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to do something, might as well go all, all in. in. Yeah, I was yeah. up at 11 o'clock last night after I was reading something on the Volkswagen adjustments. I had to oh, get out of bed and go check it with a caliper just to see if I had the adjustment rate because that's, buddy, I get it. That's not, that's not this. That's OCD. That's a little bit. That's We need to get you a couch and a little bit of cash and get quarter, you an hour or so. It was quarter after 11. I was, re- I, I was reading something on an adjustment and I literally, I couldn't sleep. I had to get up and I had to go grab a set of calipers and check to make sure the measurement was correct. No, oh, that, that stuff drives my wife crazy. Like she had to get, get up to use the washroom and like, are you sitting here? What are you reading at this time of the day? Well, I'm not just reading. I'm also eating half of an apple pie and I've had three cups of coffee. Well, that might contribute to the not sleeping factor. Yeah, no, no. Coffee's not an inhibitor of that, but uh, yeah, so I like to dive into everything I possibly can and, and learn as much as I can from everybody else. See, and, so, yeah, that, yeah, we're the same way. So I'm a little bit interested in what Todd has to say because I'm sure after watching his kayak video, I'll know all the mm. whatnots because there's <laughs> as much to learn and what not to do as there is what is to do. 
Yeah. Yes, so, he so might have listened to our one. podcast before because that's pretty much half our stories is you can learn how to hunt by not doing what we do when we share these stories. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes. And, and why did you do this? And why did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> did that really make sense? Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. So, yeah. So he texted me today and he says, Todd, you know where I can get some clay throwing machines? Because and I said, you know what? I have one, but I, there comes with a, uh, a little bit of a deal behind it where I got to get invited to shoot over it. And he said, absolutely. So uh, you want to set up someone at your place to practice for sporting clays because you have just, uh, did you just find sporting clays now? Have no. you done it before? Uh, I had done it, I think, three or four years ago over at Delaware. Okay. I shot there one time with a friend of mine just as an invite. It was a good time, but it never really piqued my interest. Had lots of other stuff on the go. A uh, good friend of mine, Brian, here recently, two two months ago approximately, invited me out to the Oxford Club, and I shot there. Brian says, uh, it, it's a good time in the off-season, and I agree. It was a great time, especially with the right guys are jabbing and trying to get in each other's head and sort of forcing the miss mentally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it became its own kind of game when you're with the right group of fellas. It is. You got to be with the right group of fellows. There's some that take it pretty serious. And then if you're in a competition, you definitely don't do that. But, but then these shoots, it's just fun. Yeah. I, and I'm the same. We do the same thing when I, we go with dad and everybody. And I just, I chirp. Well, I'm, I'm just a professional chirper, Bill. I think I've come to, I'm an antagonist. I'm a professional antagonist. Is that what you're going to call I, it? I think so. Yeah. When you don't win a trophy, you can at least still claim that, you know what? I had the best chirps of the day. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah. But yeah. So he texted me and he said, yeah. And I said, yeah, I got one. And then we're going to see if we can get them some clays. So I've, I've reached out to see if we can buy some at, uh, at a good price. And I think we got a line on that going. So, but he was, he was saying that he's all in on, on sporting clays and he's reading up on this. And I said, my gosh, he said, can I swing by? And I said, you know what? You can. And then you messaged me and said, Hey, are we on tonight for the podcast? And I went, Oh crap. So I was going to finish my kayak, but yeah, we have the podcast. Well, wait a minute, Dove Nuggets. Would you be interested to come on to the podcast since you're coming over anyway? And so might've taken a bit of arm twisting, but here he is. And so now I thought what better way, because we've gone through, we've talked about, you know, my journey and, and everything we've done. We've talked about your journey coming from bull riding and now you're all in on shooting and having to fix a Volkswagen just cause you own one. And, and, and so now here's, here comes Bob and her Bob that you did the trap thing. He's now coming in on the sporting clay thing. And if he's addicted, like I think he's, he is because like you and I, when you start doing it and you, as soon as you hit some clays, I mean, you're all in. Right. Like, yeah. so well, I, I, actually it, it goes both ways. As soon as you hit clays, but as soon as you miss them, you want to know why what did I do wrong. Oh, where, where, where was my lead? What, what did I have for chokes? What was I having for shells? All of it. You know, I, you, you gotta, and my personality is exactly what you said there. You, I, I, I overanalyzed everything to a point where you just got to shut your brain off. Sometimes and just let it happen. And, well, over, and, overanalyze bill is, uh, is a word that everybody else uses for me. It's covering every corner in detail that I can, so if I have the capability, I'm going to make sure that I've entertained the idea at least. See? I like it. See, and so, that, that's a proper and prior preparation prevents yeah, poor performance. Overanalyzation right? is just a word that people that don't understand use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You speak my language. Yeah. See, I said that. I'm like, oh, my gosh. In my head, I wasn't saying it to him. I wasn't really saying it to you. All I said to you was he's fairly intelligent and he's fairly witty. So this will be good. And, but really in my head, I'm like, holy crap, this is like another bill because <laughs> I, I, and I don't know him as well as I know you bill, but I know from the questions he's asking and enough about him that I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, that's why I said you and him are probably going to do most of the talking. But before this happens, I'm going to tell you that both of what you guys just said is your number one hindrance when it comes to shooting clays, because you think too much. And I've oh, said, yeah. I've said this to you, haven't I, Bill, that why are you, you're focusing too much on the miss and not enough on just letting instinct take over and crush a target. Yeah. Overanalyzing. Oh. Sorry. Dove nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> My vernacular is not I, such that I can keep up. I don't even up. know if that gleans a response, Bill. <laughs> not really. Yeah. <laughs> so from here, I want to, and I'm going to put him on the spot, but I want to, I want him to just ask some questions. Not that we are that super versed in sporting clays, but we've been around enough and done it. Not, not competition side, but the fun shoots, like he's going this Sunday to Oxford again, which we've done enough of those and we've shot enough clays and we've done enough competition 
conversations on the trap side and the coaching certificate and doing the clinic and all that fun stuff that it's kind of one in the same. It's not that far off. And so I thought if he's going to ask questions, why not ask him on the podcast? And then I'll let you field him, Bill, because you're in that mode more than me right now on, on shooting. Cause you're doing a lot more than I am. I've been more focused on the, on my kayak. I'm still sitting on 13 flats of shells that I'm, yeah. I'm kind of hoarding them right now. Cause they are few and far between. Well, yeah, you got to pick your priorities and right now shooting's not it and don't waste the shells. Yeah. So. Because you, and that's what else I said, you got to be all in and shooting is not a sport that you can do every now and then and, and win. If you want to win, you have to do it every week, nonstop. You got to shoot a lot. And it, because I don't believe it's a talent thing. I believe it's a repetitive thing. Uh, turn the mind off, conquer the mental side and you can be a good shot. Yeah, I think so too. So yeah, no, I'm interested to hear uh, the start of this journey here and yeah. Can I, I can I ask you to ask is quite, can I put you on the spot or do you? Yeah, gladly. Um, it, I just do have a concern. Is this a publicized podcast? <laughs> if my wife hears this, I am going to be in trouble because just this week I confessed. Um, and like I said, when I get into something, I want to know everything and make sure none of my gear or the things I get into are the issue. If there's things to be fixed, I want it to be about myself, not that I came unprepared with You spent stuff. some money, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I think about six or seven years ago, a uh, buddy of mine got me into diver duck hunting. Of course, this led down a tangent of uh, right decoy selection, uh, ropes, rigging, long lines, uh, then layout boats. Oh, geez, my and nemesis. So I uh, I ended up purchasing, purchasing two tow-behind layout boats. Uh, about 350 decoys, <laughs> a bunch of gear to go with it, and uh, avoided answering the question, how much does that stuff cost? Yeah, are you guiding now to make it up? <laughs> uh, no, no, I ended up selling it because I couldn't spend the time into it that I that I needed to. It's and a long haul to get to water where the diver ducks are. Yes, absolutely, and I didn't have a boat at the time to really do it, so I was relying on friends to, to go out with, not that I ever regretted hunting with those guys. Uh, but I had about 15 grand tied up into it in like two months of research that I was doing. And I just confessed that to my wife this week. <laughs> Hence, he's here tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've made up the spare bed. We're good. Yeah, yeah. So, and that wasn't too bad. I think the statute of limitations had had gone past with that. There's a marital, the, marital the, statute of limitations. The, the I like The problem this. with confessing that type of thing is... It leads immediately, well, if that went on, then what are the other things you've spent an exorbitant amount of money on that you've not yet confessed? So uh, That's a whole other podcast. I yeah, think we could do this. Is, Keep yeah, going. Yeah, I like yeah. this. Because if my wife's listening, I'm getting out of the hot seat based on the kayak. You just keep going. You're making me look good. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> I like I'm not it. sure exactly where that was going, but that is I how do. I go I head first into everything. Yeah, so and I want to, I want to do everything in my capability to ensure that when I do it, I'm doing it correctly. So where did you go this last two weeks with your shotgun then? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, I think, I think it was about a month ago. I started the research. That's where I start everything. Uh, and it starts with the Google. <laughs> with the Google. Yeah. With the Google, the interwebs <laughs> is some of my Mennonite people would call it, I guess. <laughs> And uh, you're Mennonite as well. I am a Mennonite as well. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you can you can hide the stuff from your wife because she doesn't have access to uh, the internet. Well, uh, this, this might be a whole separate podcast. There's as many <laughs> denominations of Mennonite as there is of Catholics. So <laughs> he's got a cell phone, Bill. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cell phone and cars. I'm I'm no different than anybody else. Mennonite yeah. is my heritage and my faith. So. Yeah, Mennonites so, are good people, so you're here and they're right there. You're here. Oh, there we go. I like that. Actually, Mennonites here. are good people. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a sticker like that. I think. <laughs> we can hook you up. Get t-shirts. I'm on. Contrary to the way <laughs> I, I believe, I am good people. <laughs> I, I know Joe Yoder. Joe Yoder's a good guy. So. Yoder, that's an Amish, an Amish name. Yeah, Old that's Yoder, right. Iker. And <laughs> we digress. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I'm going to lead in a little bit because it, what I would have said is probably the most important thing. So, wait, wait. Let me say this to you, Bill or Dad. What is the most important thing if you're going to get into clay shooting? What is the number one thing that you have to ensure? 
Are you asking me? I'm putting you on the spot, buddy. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, proper gun fit. Proper gun fit. Well, there there was my ding, tangent ding, for the last two weeks. Ding, and there you go. So, so take it away, Dove Nuggets. So to fit every stereotype of being men and I, I'm a cabinet maker by trade. <laughs> okay. Yeah, now so, my wife's ears just perked up upstairs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so woodworking is my uh, is my passion as well. And I just went to learning how to fit the gun. And I had a I have an older model over under Mossberg that I've never shot very well. Um, I shoot a semi in the duck and goose season for the most part, and I shoot it intuitively very well. Uh, this gun I never. I can had. back that up. Yeah, and I just went to learning what the fit was about. So you know, sighting. I guess sighting in. I don't know if that's the correct jargon or not. You guys yeah. can correct me as we go. No, no, no. We say it. Yep. You know, just starting at uh, using a focal point or aim point, I think is the way it's described or what I've learned and finding out where your shot patterns land. So adjusting the cast and the height of the comb of my gun and walking through that process, you know, shave a millimeter off, shoot it again, shave a millimeter off, shoot it again, shave a millimeter off. You did this yourself? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really? Did yeah. So did you, I didn't know that. Sorry, Bill, I'm going to steal your time. So did you make a new stock or did you take the stock that came on it? Well, so I, I didn't want to go straight to making an entire stock in case uh, I wasn't successful in the first event. So I used it. You don't want to spend 15 grand on something that, you know, you might not keep doing. Yeah. <laughs> this is no sort of about being many. If I can make it myself, I'll try it. Until I've failed enough that I'm not satisfied with the result and then I'll spend the money. So <laughs> I like it. I but like it. I took the existing yeah. stock and just put an insert into it. I made it too high. I took some of the advice that I had read about um, using just packaging foam and taping it to my stock until I found the aim point was my pattern was hitting in my aim point and using that as a starting starting point, I guess. And then went to making a piece of wood that was uh, approximately three sixteenths of an inch taller than that. And then just adjusting, uh, I guess it's casting out would be my. So did you steam it? Uh, no, I actually didn't bend. Uh, it's an over and under. So uh, because it's a lifted, it looks in essence like in a Monte Carlo stock is yep. what I did. So a lot of it was actually shaving it to fit, fit my cheekbone, which allowed the gun to come to my cheekbone. I gotcha. Um, without having to lean my head over and take that shot. So both eyes open is what I read. I, I'm Again, I'm not at practice. I, I can only repeat what I'm after um, or what I've read. And so it's just a matter of getting the gun to shoot exactly where I wanted to. And that's where I'm at now. Next is... Uh, so where did you end up? 60, because we were just having this conversation and I, and I, I kind of stopped it because we had to get on the podcast, but we were in full conversation on point of impact. And okay. so I described him that I shoot 13 inches high at 30 yards, meaning yep. for anybody listening, my pattern starts. So when I pull the trigger, pick a dot, pull the trigger at 30 yards, there's going to be 13 inches of gap between where my, my point of aim is, where I'm aiming and where my pattern starts. So I shoot high 13, because in trap shooting, targets are patterns. always, yes, the bottom of my pattern starts at 13 inches because targets are always climbing. It allows me to hold a lower gun, wait till that target crests up over top of my barrel. I barely have to move. I pull the trigger and, and smoke target and it's cheating uh, to, to an extent. And then I was explaining that when I go to sporting clays, a lot of guys have a sporting clay gun that's 60-40 so they can yeah. just float that target above their bead. I 80, use 20. the same trap gun. I just put my double barrels on, which shoot the same height, but I know, and I was saying to him, I know where that gun shoots and I don't want to jump jump too far ahead in the podcast, but I know where that gun shoots. So to me, it takes out that whole section of mental where I've got to focus on the gun, the bead, the target, the bead, the target, where am I shooting? And then you overthink and you're going to miss every time. You got to know where your gun shoots, put that out of your head, and then you can focus on what that target's doing so that you can smoke it. And so I know where that is. And that's why I was just telling them, I use that gun for, for now for doves because I have that robotic arm looking stock, the precision fit. So I don't worry about dinging the wood up on it. And so I, I use it for doves and have no problem with it. I'd use it for everything. If it was three and a half inches, I'd use it for goose and duck and everything, but I use it for doves for sure. Just because I know where it shoots and I don't have to think now I can just focus on what that dove's doing. And, and my dove game picked up a hundred percent when I, when I started doing that. So I digress. So back to you, making a stock, carving it down. So so you've added wood to it or now you've made a stock 
Yeah, I actually had a piece of Wenge, which is kind of classy, nice-looking piece of wood, and it complemented the piece that I had there, and I just, uh, using a router and a chisel, fit it to where I was after, and then started with uh, with a spokeshave for the most part, getting to the shape I wanted. To fit you can make a stock. Oh, yeah. I think I have a conversation after this, Bob. I think <laughs> we got a bigger deal to do with some target throwers. <laughs> Because I may have access to some nice Turkish walnut. I just needed somebody to complete that side of the the, the equation. We'll have a conversation after this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so so you, so you figured so you landed because you just told me that before that you landed you stopped at sixty forty because you read that's pretty much what you want, right? Yeah, so you're, it, it might be pushing seventy thirty, and I haven't shot not it bad. Consi- yep. consistently enough. Just in the pattern testing I've done, that's sort of where my my shot placement is in regarding my aim point. I do know from past experience, I, I love shooting ducks. That's If I could do that for an entire season, that would be my favorite. And those early season woodies and teals is what we love. And we shoot them over top of ponds, so it's close range, really fast. I know that intuition is the only way you'll kill those birds, or that, or you're just pounding so many shells that uh, yeah. eventually... Or shoot three and a half as fast as you yeah. can. Three, three and a yeah. half, so we'll cover that sky in steel when yeah. there's and, six of you. And we shoot <laughs> and we shoot uh, cylinder bores and improved cylinder as far as choke goes. It's yep. such close range. So shooting uh, intuitively is natural for me, so that that's what I look for in the gun, and that's what I understood was what I'm I think is what I'm supposed to be shooting for as well when I get it set up to where I want it to be. I guess uh, that's all research and trying to figure out what gives you the best advantage for the target you're shooting. Like I know what Todd was saying uh, about the 13 inches high, it's uh, that targets that are climbing, but with sporting clays, you know, not doing as much, uh, any of that, to be honest with you, you have to set it up for for that environment right so the, the 60 40 is what they're recommending and if you went over to trap it, would you consider making an adjustment or would you leave it the same and, and do what todd suggested and just know where your gun shoots yeah i think i don't have the answer to that question bill just because i haven't entertained the idea before but uh i think just knowing is the key like yeah. when i shoot my semi all the time in in the waterfowl season you know, it, it comes to my shoulder. I couldn't even tell you what I do because it just happens and it happens consistently enough See? that I'm very satisfied. He's already and there. That's the best, right? He's, I mean, he's it, already there. He's going to no, be a, he, a orange right. crusher. So when I first hung out with Todd, what, what I learned from him, and he he, actually, he said the same thing to me. He said, shooting has got to be about not thinking. So when I'm Creekside, I like to sit there and like, okay, forget everything that's in your head and do this like Todd. So I look for the blankest, deepest stare that has no thought or information. I wondered and, where he was going with this. You know, <laughs> sort of looks like my soul's left my body. And now he's describing when, dad on a hunt. You're, you're asleep. So you're you're asleep. When <laughs> Until somebody else take him and then you're up and shooting. Now I have not mastered this because thinking is something that runs in my brain on its own. That little squirrel cage is always going. But I, I have slowed it down a little, just modeling Todd's behavior. So. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I did say uh, a good shooter is a, is a dumb person. <laughs> <laughs> not so elegantly put, but yeah. No, not not elegantly at all. And no. for everybody, that was Todd Millard. Yeah, right. Uh, yes. almost, uh, right? If you can, but the, it, it, the I, opinions I, expressed in this program yeah. do not necessarily <laughs> reflect those of the participants. Yeah. He shows up at yeah. Oxford on Sunday and gets shunned because he was on the pond. <laughs> it's like, oh, stupid shooter, huh? Yeah. But yeah, it is. If you can, because which goes back to what I say by what, what I mean by that is what do you, you mean by that when you show up in Oxford on son you don't mention Todd's name or say you it's know probably yeah. not wise. it's probably not wise he, he's already outed because I was already talking to Bill Bill Malcolm but but yeah so what I mean by that is exactly what I said earlier you got to know where your gun shoots so you're not thinking about oh where am I shooting all you're thinking about is focusing on that target full stop and I think every every pro pro sporting clay because they have such a thing every pro sporting clay shooter that I've talked to that I read on stuff that is it there you got to focus a hundred percent on that target. And that's when you miss, you did not have a hundred percent focus on that target. You can't think yeah. about anything else. It's just, what is that target doing? Where am I breaking it? Do it. 
and, and don't and I, think you got to know where your gun shoots. And so you got to turn that side of your brain off. That's going force that gun to be where I need it to be. No, that gun needs to be where you need it to be because yeah, you're staring at the target. Understanding where that gun, gun sits in your body uh, and it will happen. You know, I'm shooting, I didn't say this, but I'm, I'm shooting bunker this weekend coming. Are you really? What's bunker? Yeah. Oh, see, that's a whole other realm. There's whole, only two in Canada. Other. So yeah. it's Olympic trap and they call it bunker trap. So there's one in Toronto and there's one in Calgary, but it's a series of 15 traps sunk in the ground and you have five shooters. You have six shooters, but five stations. And That's so right. there's the traps on a normal American trap. They oscillate with an interrupter. So you never know where that target's going to come. You yell pull and it's going away from you. But in, and this is for other people on the podcast, cause I'm using my hands to talk to, to, to dove nuggets, but I'm, I can't do that for y'all. But so that, that trap in there is rotating all the time and you yell pull, you don't know where that target's going to go in bunker trap, Olympic trap. Each station has three fixed traps. So when you go through your round of 25, you will get a target from each one of those. And so you can figure out, if you like card counting and poker, you can figure out what your last five targets are going to be because you know what target presentation you haven't seen from that station as you go because you will, everybody will see the exact same target presentation as you go. But the yeah, difference they load is... Programs. They, they load a program into yeah. it and like Todd said, you get two lefts, two rights, and one straightaway per station. And then, but you, uh, you move... Every shoot shot. one and move where in American trap, you shoot five from each station and then you rotate. Yeah. So you the sixth person move, is your move. break. So five shoot one standing waiting and then you rotate every shot. So you never get an opportunity to actually catch rhythm then when you're shooting. No. And there is none. There's not like a, a trap line, like five guys, nope. a five squad, a squad of five that go to a competition will always shoot with each other because they know the rhythm and they get into that rhythm. There is no rhythm uh, in, in bunker because that person has so long they're allowed to be ready and it's a lot slower to watch a lot slower than a, an american trap but those targets american trap targets fire at 42 mile an hour and with variants they can go from what 41 and a half to 43 or something so but 42 is the is the goal um they're set with a stake and height and everything else these targets are 62 if i'm not mistaken bill 62 mile an hour targets yeah, you're allowed two shots are, per target and so, and the height is different on them too but that that's a different story yeah, and it's a fixed to, height uh, yeah yeah i was talking to, to, to one of the guys there that runs the club and he's you know there you get two shots per per station and if you need them and i probably will because <laughs> i have expensive shot, I haven't game, shot in, that olympic track it is, it is definitely <laughs> expensive game because it's a different shell it's a faster shell 24 gram load as opposed to and a lighter an load you can only use seven eights only seven eights and seven they're trying to reduce that gram, no yeah. 24 24 gram and they're trying to reduce that even further down now to uh, to a lighter lighter because there's too yet. many perfect scores that's right uh, they're trying to spread out the competition by adjusting the loads that the guys use so uh, it it's going to be different because they have an ETA shoot on and I, I'm not ready to shoot ETA yet but Frank texted me today and said hey I got shells I'll bring shells you want to shoot bunker and I'm like yeah, what possibly could go wrong other than missing a whole bunch of targets, <laughs> That's right? That's awesome. So, Frank's awesome. Most guy. So. Right on. So yeah, so that's bunker. So I've not done it. I, I want to. They have a mini one in Hamilton too. I think they put what a three station in in Hamilton to practice. Did they? Yeah, yeah. It's on the. It's across the highway uh, along the trap line, right in the middle of the <laughs> trap line. Yep. But anyway, so back to your sporting clay so you've you got a mossberg over and under you've now so that you did the, the most important thing so your research was right is make sure the gun fits have you shot a target with it since you've done all the work just paper patterning it and uh actually i went last thursday to shoot at my brother ron's place because we live rurally so we end up shooting at friends farms and and my brother ron's place but uh um actually just about to shoot and I got a call from my wife my father-in-law had passed away so oh. that's actually what I've done here for the weekend um, so in, in not not to be disrespectful in any sense I've been chomping at the bit to try and find a moment to shoot this thing but uh, fa family comes first here I think in this environment so I have to wait and probably till this weekend till I can actually play with it a little bit and see what see what actually happens yeah, yeah. right oh <laughs> 
So my condolences for first yep. off, yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, but, but yeah, I can get it. Oh man. You got a new stock on a gun. Got to shoot it. Can't shoot it. Got to wait. That's got dead. Kill me. Well, when I was doing it, um, I actually, when I was doing it at the wood shop, I was setting it down. And when I get into something, I, I can't sleep anyway. So I just keep going. And it's like one thirty in the morning and I get some final adjustments made on. I'm like, oh, I got to pattern test this one more time because I just, this was the last little tidbit. I'm like, ah, oh, do I, do I dare do it or do I not dare do it? <laughs> so I ended up finding myself researching, can I discharge a firearm legally after dark in Malahide Township or not? And you yes, can. yes, you can. you can. We shoot under the lights. <laughs> yeah, at, as at long Oxford. as you do it in a safe manner, which I had a big berm in behind where I was at and, I had what I was shooting at lit. And it was I like that you was, looked up the law. Yeah, I know I don't normally do this, but That's at the same time. That's a responsible thing to do. Yeah, and how from boring. Responsible. He is so you, Bill. How uh, boring is that? Yeah, the other part is I am in direct earshot of the police college itself. So <laughs> being smart with that is a good idea. I think. Which, which there's a wildlife preserve that swans and Canada geese are stacked up in with viewing stations. Yeah, so yeah. you are not wrong. Well, I don't think there's too many viewers at 1.30 in the morning. but <laughs> Not. Not without shotguns. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome. So that's sort of where I left it. So now it's shooting where I want it to, and it comes with my shoulder. I've been practicing the the different practicing things I've learned I feel are effective. Uh, you know, coming to your shoulder in the same place, same location. See, and I don't think you're you going to have a problem with that because you're a hunter. You're like that, That's going to be instinct oh, for you, right? The irony is, is in the practice, I've learned how many bad habits that I've assumed. That you actually have. That I actually had before, <laughs> which, and I'll, okay, maybe the last time, but I'm going to agree with Todd a little bit. Is once I, like I started this. into oh, thinking about, him I know, eagle. I know, he's taking his hat off right now because I can hear it stretching. Yeah, don't do it. Prepare for impact. Yeah. And I, I recognize the amount of bad habits I had with my natural behavior. The only thing is my natural behavior had become, even my bad habits were natural enough. I shot well. Can, well, can I say this then? Can can I say that is it bad habits or is it your style? Because uh, we that's what okay. we lead in okay. with, right, Bill, in the yeah. clinic, that I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I'm going to give you the basis and you develop your own style. Because I can't tell you that, no, you shouldn't stand like that when you have somebody that will put their feet, like what, dad, three and a half feet apart on, you got a 24 by 30 patio stone on the trap line and guy puts his one, his left foot on the, on the one side, the far side of it, stretched all the way out to hit the corner and puts his right so foot I'm gonna to reach the other here corner. Because this could go on forever. It could go and on. Let me just ex explain my theory, and I'm sure you can agree, Bill. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> uh, if I, when I'm shooting ducks, I've shot in all kinds of positions, laying on my back, birds coming into the decoys when I didn't expect them, climbing into my blind, climbing out of my blind, standing stuck with one leg in a swamp, trying to swing shoot something coming <laughs> off my wrong shoulder. Those scenarios I don't have control, but when I have control, I'm going to control. So yeah, if I absolutely yes, so if I'm in an environment where I can control where my feet are, or whether I'm thinking or not, but you don't or, have that adapted already. Like you don't naturally just stand and hold a shotgun. Yes, <laughs> yes. But in the process of learning or going through some of these drills, there are bad habits. When I'm pulling my gun to my shoulder and realizing that the barrel of my gun is moving up two inches and down two inches in the process of shouldering. My barrel is actually changing direction significantly at the point of impact. So if I can reduce those variables to it being one clean line, I'm taking what 180 degrees of opportunity of missing out of this scenario. So at very least, I'm increasing my odds of hitting the target. Wow, you guys overthink things See, way too much. No, but that's exactly <laughs> where I would go with it. I'm looking I at the Terry would. Jordan Walter and here. I'm looking you. at well, now you're so, thinking too much. You're going to no, be. Yeah, no, you're no. absolutely not. You're developing muscle memory through proper practice. Is no, what you're doing. By the time you're 85, you'll have it mastered, and then it's yeah. too late. Your eyesight's well, shot. Yeah, so <laughs> then I've invested in $400,000 in shells, and I could have yes, done that for that's a, 75000 That's the second part of the argument that is excellent yes with enough repetition you can make the worst habits function amen <laughs> yes todd for example <laughs> amen but in the efficiency of learning 
Uh, let's take as many variables as out as I'm able to control and then apply what I do know. And I should, theoretically, I'm going to say this theoretically, I should come to a higher degree of skill in a shorter period of time. And that's I think, why, think that, that's what I'm looking for like here. Bill Nye, the science well, guy up in here between you two. So, I tell you what. So I have one other aspect. Uh, my daughter is was on the Canadian national diving team. So she did one meter springboard, three meter springboard and 10 meter platform. She's actually, well, she's home right now because of uh, the funeral, but she has a scholarship in Dallas. She goes to Texas Christian no university. Doubt. Yes, she does. Right a on. six year scholarship. Congratulations to her. That's yeah, insane. That's awesome. uh, but she, I watched for years, uh, repetitive behavior, making microscopic changes to add tenths of a point to a score in a dive. And and kudos, her coach, Luda Zakarenko, who has since retired, was a drill sergeant of a woman. Every, every stereotype you can imagine about a, a Russian athlete i don't do any of that because i'm too politically correct yes uh, <laughs> every stereotype you could imagine that is the way she coached as well and she honed out every single bad behavior that she possibly could and wouldn't us as parents were not even allowed to interact with the kids like no clapping no hey yay faith or hey you want to drink because the coach was so concerned of us generating bad habit or seeking affirmation outside of her and her control that would create a situation where a the diver could get hurt or would create programming that she would then have to reverse which takes more time than generating the correct behavior in the first place so that, that microscopic detail i i got to watch for many years how can i argue with this i'm out you i'm can't. done i give up yeah. I got to go to the gun club because I have a whole lot of bad habits that I need Bill to I, drill surge me on and, and then Bob and, to yell on the back room I up. can relate to that because on days when I'm struggling, Todd will step over and give me about three things of advice and that just makes it worse. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a source of advice that might be Where? the concern. All right, now I need Jay. I need some backup. I think two of us could handle the three of you, but I'm outnumbered right now. <laughs> yeah. So in essence, that is the way I think. Uh, that's the way I do my job as well. Um, I think, so I've always been, I, I have ADHD. I, I'm, I hyper-focus on the most minuscule of details. Apparently. The one thing that has kept me going through woodworking, and I started when I was 19 years of age, is there's always the next layer of exacting. Mm -hmm. And every time I master one skill, there's actually one more little step I can make to make it even better than I did the last time. And that's been my lifelong journey with that skill. Um, my passion for deer hunting and for duck hunting has gone the same. And then all the other little tidbits that I picked up along the way also. That's awesome. I, I find nothing wrong with that statement. <laughs> yeah, I said you two are two peas in a pod. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Is that what we call a mic drop? Is that what, what we yeah, do Yeah, I'm out. I'm yeah, out on that. I'm, I overthink. <laughs> 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 I can't keep up. I don't even, I give up. I give up. But That's now it. I also know how he can spend 15 grand on diver duck equipment because he didn't have to pay for, for his school, <laughs> for his daughter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, that is awesome. I, I, you know what? We're at an hour already and we could probably talk uh, a lot longer. I think if, if I can, gotta come back. if I could twist Dove Nuggets arms here, his wing and, and get him to come back if you would. Yeah. So but I would, I would say yes in a heartbeat. I was a little bit concerned about being associated with Todd, but I think there's some other people that have joined me here today that made me a little more confident. Before Todd even got home from hockey, Bill, I was I was pumping questions about his his turkey season and his the duck season. We haven't even got there because I, I know he's a hunter. We got stories untapped right I, here. I know. I, I want him to tell about his turkey season. And I know he shot some big bucks because I, I, I've seen him on Facebook and stuff like that. So I know there's some big stories there. And there's one thing I do overthink 
it might be, and I'm going to say overthink. You guys can your can, social can kiss media, it. your hairdo, your workout. <laughs> no, it is deer hunting. So that we can share. That I'm over that the top. I'll on go deer. along with. Holy <laughs> moly! There's more rules and regulations. <laughs> I can't even walk into the tree stand without walking like a deer, like this. Lift your legs like this. Put it down like that. No, no, you ain't got that right yet. Oh my! To Lord. shoot a deer, you have to be a deer. Like, right, and to shoot great. a duck, uh, goose, you got to have the decoys exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Shut up. Okay, so we got to keep moving the decoys until yeah. it's daylight and the first flock's in. Now you're making oh, me realize I might be a little yeah. bit more like you guys, and I just spout <laughs> off, don't practice what I preach, so zip it. Yeah, so the, <laughs> their decoys two inches at us. I just keep moving decoys around. Yeah, I remember that morning. You, you would move one six inches to the right, and Todd would come back and move it back six inches. And then you'd move another one in the meantime, and he'd notice that. He'd move that back two inches. Like, you could have kept him going all day. I was just Good. sitting there roaring. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> oh my gosh! Anyway, it's been a good night. We gotta have him back. Yeah, yeah. If you will, Absolutely. buddy, for sure. And so the other part of what I do, both woodworking, uh, anything that I learned, all that knowledge is useless if it's not applied and taught to somebody else. So that is that is really I. I absolutely. My That's son. Awesome. My son is not as passionate as I am about hunting and fishing, and maybe it's. Yet. The ridiculous amount of experiences he's had. He's 25 now, and he's actually starting to come back and actually ask to do it. Um, but he, he doesn't have the passion, but teaching my nephews and teaching my son and anybody that has an inkling of a want to even try it, I'm on board wholeheartedly. And See? That, that's what I believe is is the future of our sport. That's awesome, and that's why we that's started the yeah. podcast, right, Bill? People yep, can listen to our stupidness, stories. but but they're going to hopefully get hooked, oh. like the kayak deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, yeah. No, I, in all honesty, we, we put a little bit of humor out here, but uh, th- that is the base foundation of why we do this: to share stories, make memories, and make sure people carry this tradition on. Because without it, it's gone. It's gone forever. Yeah, and and I could shoot the biggest buck in the world, but if it's only me that ever looks at it inside of a tent wall or inside my own cabin. That is a terrible deer for me because I got to be able to show Todd how poor of a deer hunter he is by showing him how lucky I was. There's no lie. How lucky I was. <laughs> Can't how wait much, for that story. Yeah, how much he overthought to get that guy and it paid off. Well, well very good. Yeah, we're at our time. Limit. We're definitely going to have to have you back there if you'd, you'd be on. And I uh, I'm anxious to get some stories out of you. That's awesome. Appreciate it, Bill. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Dove Nuggets. Dad, you awake? Nice, nice meeting you. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I stayed awake tonight. This was a good one. <laughs> Right. You, you, you never took control completely. I know I couldn't. Oh, my gosh. All right. Have a goodie. Good night. Cheers. Good night. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. And I'm Todd. And thanks for listening. And, folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week.